Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Discover what's possible when people impacted by autism inspire change and build community. Together with the Global Autism Project, here's your host, Rachel Harmon. Hello, everyone. This episode is being released a day early in observance of Thanksgiving this week in the U.S. Today, we're bringing back three special guests, the CEO of the Global Autism Project, Molly Ola Pini, our partner from Saudi Arabia, Yasser Al-Jaidi, and the founder of the Do Better Movement, Dr. Megan Miller. For almost 20 years, the Global Autism Project has been providing sustainable clinical, administrative, and leadership training to autism centers around the world seeking guidance. Our Skill Corps volunteer program is an opportunity for self-advocates and professionals to travel to our international partner sites and collaborate with their local teachers and therapists. If you'd like to learn more about the Global Autism Project's history and mission, please listen to my conversation with Molly in Episode 2. To hear more about Yasser and his work in Saudi Arabia, listen to Episode 25. And for more information about Megan and the Do Better movement, check out episode 35. In today's conversation, we discuss 2019's Global Summit in Bali, Indonesia, Yasser and Megan's takeaways from that experience, burnout and overwhelm in the field of autism services, changing what's not working in your life, and the evolution of Leadership Academy, a leadership training program created by the Global Autism Project. Stay tuned until the end to hear about our new leadership series and Black Friday deals. In this episode, discover what's possible when you break the overwhelm cycle. To learn more about today's guests, please visit our show notes at autismknowsnoborders.com. We appreciate your time. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to support our mission, please take just a few seconds to share it with one person who you think will find value in it too. You can also follow us on Instagram at Autism Podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Global Autism Project, and join our community on Mighty Networks at community.globalautismproject.org. And now, I present you Molly Olapini, Yasser Aljaidi, and Megan Miller. Hello, Molly, Megan, and Yasser. Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Thank you all for coming back on the show. You're all repeat guests now. So let's start with some brief introductions. Molly, would you like to go first? Sure. My name is Molly Olapini, and I'm the founder and CEO of the Global Autism Project. Very excited to be back here. All right. And Yasser? I'm Yasser Aljaiti. I'm founder and clinical director of Nimai Center, a small clinic for kids with autism in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And Megan? Hi, I'm Megan Miller, and I'm a behavior analyst who runs an online community called the Do Better Collective, focused on training people in the field of behavior analysis and related service providers and parents and teachers on how to provide effective and humane interventions. All right. I would like to point out that, Yasser, you are one of our Global Autism Project partners in Saudi Arabia. I am. And Yasser and Megan, you have something in common, which is that you both attended our first 
Global Summit in Bali, Indonesia, back in 2019, which now feels like so long ago. <laughs> so much has happened since then. Yeah. But I don't know about you guys. Sometimes I just find myself kind of daydreaming about that experience and just the energy there and the being in such a beautiful place with a beautiful background and backdrop to what we were doing. So Molly, could you just describe what Global Summit is for our listeners who may never have heard of it? Yeah, Global Summit was an opportunity for all of our partners, some of our donors, our SkillCore alums, and other people who have been friends of the organization over the years to come together, to share ideas, to really co-create new possibilities with each other, you know, and it is funny to think it was back in 2019. And I know that I stood up and said the first annual, and now I'm like, well, the first annual ish, (laughs) Um, because COVID had other plans for us. And I'm so, so grateful we did that. I actually credit Global Summit with creating the foundation and the relatedness that our partners had to rely on throughout the pandemic. So That is what it is. It was a three-day immersive experience. We went over delegation. We went over time management. We went over how to run a center, how to take care of you, how to make sure that in all that you're doing, it's sustainable, not only because the model and the method of what you're doing is sustainable, but because you, who is centers around, are taking care of you and putting yourself first, which I know is a bold thing to ask of people in this field sometimes. And that's what we did. Yeah, I can't wait till we can get back out there and plan the next one. I know. Hopefully soon. Absolutely. So Yasser and Megan, I'd like to talk about your experiences at Global Summit. First, what were some of the breakthroughs that you learned about yourself? Yasser, would you like to go first? I'm a clinician guy. I I would love to spend hours and days and years learning about how to work with kids, how to make their lives better through clinical work. I felt some kind of resistance when I saw the table time for the workshops in the Global Summit. So there is no clinical stuff for me. I'm not a big fan of non-clinical stuff, but when I started attending these workshops, that's was one of my like major breakthroughs in my life because I never thought that a workshop on mindset will change the way I work with my kids. So I, I want to learn how to do this with my child. I want to make sure that I'm doing things right clinically. But the Global Summit was all about mindset. It's about the way that you look to yourself, your work, your business, your kids, your community, the way you look to your boundaries, the boundaries you put for yourself, the imaginary boundaries, the not real boundaries. And that has like had profound effect on me because, oh, so for all these years, I wasn't expanding my services to include more kids, not because we don't have enough resources, it's actually because I was afraid from inside to expand and serve more kids. So it will hurt you at the beginning, but then you realize that 
oh, that's the real stuff. That's the real issues you need to consider when you're working with your kids. What were you afraid of before? Maybe I'm not good enough to serve more kids. Maybe I got lucky with these five, ten kids. Maybe if you try to serve more kids, you will disappoint them. You will disappoint their parents. You will disappoint yourself because you probably were very lucky working with those five, six, seven kids. So I would recommend you stay and stick to what you, you have been successful on and not try to expand and help more kids. Despite the conflict that I want to help them, but now you need to know your limits, you need to know your boundaries, you will disappoint them. That's what Global Summit like severely helped me in. So how has your idea of leadership changed since attending Global Summit? I'm still not a good leader, but I'm much more better than I used to be because Here's that fear sneaking in again. Yeah, sir. There's yeah. that imposter syndrome again. Yeah. I probably won't leave ever, but <laughs> we will try to keep getting better. But I'm a clinical person. I'm not good in administration stuff and planning. And, but the mindset that I start questioning since Global Summit make me think that it's okay. It's uncertain area. You're not a big fan of uncertainty, but without going these areas, you won't grow up. You won't reach new territories. I always remember that mom. I worked with her child like a few years ago. He was seven years old. We started working with him for two sessions. There was holidays and she called me and she said, it was holiday for Muslims. She said, this is... You know, do you know that my son came today and told me, Mom, I want water? She was crying. I told her, but that's a very good thing. Why are you crying? She said, do you have any idea where would my child, my only child would be if I got this kind of services when my child was four years old? I told her, we're sorry, we are a small clinic. We don't have all the resources. And she said something in Arabic. I will try to translate it as accurate as I can. She said, you don't have the right to be unknown or unreachable from us. You don't have that right because this is not something about you. This is something about our kids and how much they could improve if we were exposed to this kind of effective therapy. So all of that pushed me a lot toward moving out of my comfort zone, experiencing rural uncertainty areas. And Global Summit helped me to look at this very confusing stuff with a organized methodology. I would say that. And how did this mindset shift? impact your personal life? Almost as same as my, my clinic. Because I was always think that, okay, that's your boundaries. You're doing your best. You should stick to what you know. I do want to go in detail regarding my family relationship, but 
that's helped me a lot looking for, okay, so you think this is a very troubled relationship? You think really that you did everything you can? Have you ever listened to the other part of this relationship? Have you ever asked him what you really want, not what you assume he wants? Like when we work with kids, we think that, okay, so this child needs one, two, three, but have you ever asked him? No. Have you ever asked his parents, like, a thorough assessment, a thorough interview with his parents about what they really need? So, yeah, that's helped me a lot in my personal life. Hmm. Megan, let's talk about your experiences at Global Summit. What did you learn about yourself from those few days in Bali? Well, I learned that I love Bali, for one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if anyone would say they didn't. It was a, a wonderful experience. And what I learned was things I might have already known, but I had different ways to talk about them for the big picture. So the different activities that Molly did during the leadership part where we did the leadership compass and filled out answers to questions to figure out what type of leader we were. No one was surprised. I don't think when when I was an action North person, but it was like, I never really had a way to talk about that or identify what other people's leadership styles were and figure out like why maybe I might get frustrated with a visionary (laughs) or an analytical person um, because I want to take action and they want to keep thinking about stuff and analyzing it or, you know, having their big visions and all that kind of stuff. So it helped me learn to navigate interactions with people better and have a way to identify when I'm doing projects with different people or even in my personal life, just engaging with different people even if I haven't given them the leadership compass, which I try to do frequently, I have a way to be like, ah, that person might be a visionary and that's why they haven't taken action on anything yet. And then it gives me a different way to navigate that. So that was really helpful. And then we did an exercise that was similar for those who are listening that are familiar with ACT, similar to like a self as context type activity where we had to answer some questions about ourselves. And Cassie pointed out something about me that she had thought, and it was about the Do Better movement and things that I was doing. And she basically said, I wonder if you've ever just been proud. (laughs) What if you don't do better and you're just proud of what you've accomplished so far? And that was a really emotional moment. It was a very simple statement, but it had a really big impact on me. And just thinking about, yeah, how much time do I give to being grateful for the people that I'm working with and then the things that we're accomplishing? I'm always just go, go, go. (laughs) So it gave me, you know, an opportunity to sort of step back and appreciate the things that we've been doing and take pride in, in the things we've accomplished. So that was really helpful as well. And then just outside of the content, it was just wonderful to meet people from all over the world, all in one place at one time and hear their stories and see what they were accomplishing in their own lives and the unique ideas and and ways that people had come up with how to get resources and interventions going in spaces where it's really quite difficult So that was really impressive. And I feel very fortunate to have that opportunity because 
it's not often you can go to one place and be with people from that many different countries and backgrounds and who are just, even though we're all kind of doing the same thing, working with the autistic population, there's so many different ways that it needs to be done based on the the different cultural aspects and the environmental surroundings. Oh yeah, that's so great. It was very, very inspiring to be around all of our partners. But Megan, I want to go back to something that you said about that kind of aha moment that you had when Cassie asked you that question. So before kind of having this realization, how was that impacting your life? Like that go, 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 the not stopping and being grateful and being proud of what you were doing? (laughs) Well, it's weird because it's probably, I'm probably back at that. I need another summit, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. So at the time before I went to the summit, I had basically scheduled myself, you know, back-to-back things from like 8 a.m. until 9 p.m. at night. And I was traveling. I wasn't home. I was maybe home like five days each month, right? So just to constantly get things done and, and do better and help people learn the things that I knew or others knew and, and just get all of that information out to everyone, just a constant drive to to produce. And Uh, being at the summit, both from the standpoint of the different exercises that we did and just the surroundings. Like I feel like it'd pretty much be impossible to go to Bali and not relax a little bit. But in having the opportunity, I was with my friend Claire and we just had the opportunity to connect with each other more and the nature and everything there as well. So having both was really helpful. And then I had already a little bit kind of recognized that I needed to try to step back and change how much I was doing for 2020 and being at the summit kind of helped, you know, push that along. And I did a really good job, especially with the pandemic. I was definitely forced to to pull back on a lot of things when my son was all of a sudden home. But now that, you know, the world's opened back up again and we're back to work and I had that whole year and a half of like not really doing a whole lot. I'm kind of getting back into some old habits of the constant go, go, go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need a refresher. Yes, yes. Well, what did you take back from Summit that you were able to apply to your own work at the Do Better Movement? There's two big things. One, I already mentioned the leadership compass. And the other one, there was an improv. What's his official title? Improv. Tarek. Tarek Davis, who is now of the Amber Ruffin Show and a Broadway actor and Freestyle Love (laughs) Supreme. And we were super fortunate to have him join us in Bali. Yeah. In this capacity, he was doing some very cool group facilitation and kind of warm up games with us. We were really fortunate to have him do that. Yes. Side note. Sorry, I do want to mention that Tarek's, the voice of the Autism No Borders podcast intro and outro. So yeah. (laughs) If people are curious who we're talking about, that's him. (laughs) You can check out the Amber Ruffin show too and see him there. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) But the different activities he did, I'm just whenever I do anything ever, I'm always like, okay, how can I connect this to, you know, my work and stuff. So even as we were doing the activities, I was thinking, you know, what could I make of this with the different trainings I do and things like that. And it was really helpful. I was able to tie in. It just kind of opened up my ideas around when I do trainings, what are some more interactive, improv get out of the box, be flexible type things that we could do 
to make the trainings more engaging and also to help develop skills for the people attending the trainings too. So I've been using a few of the different activities that he did or activities inspired by the activities that he did during my training, especially though I have one on teaching people how to train others on compassionately addressing challenging behavior. And that's been, it's real, like just completely changed the whole entire experience for attendees. I've only been able to do it in person twice now because of the pandemic. No, three times, sorry. But every time everyone is just mind blown by the activities. And I don't, I think those trainings wouldn't be as effective or hit home as much for people if I didn't have those activities in there. So I don't even know when that content was curated for the summit, if that was even, if it was like, oh, well, just this will be a way to have fun and develop relationships. But for me, it was like, oh, I can use this in the trainings I do. Yeah, we always have ulterior motives. (laughs) (laughs) You think you're having, you're just having fun. You think you're just traveling internationally. We always have ulterior motives of self-discovery and transformation and, and just creating new possibilities. I think that's just what you're both touching on is that there's just so much potential locked up in all of us. And for whatever reason, whether it's because we made our schedule too busy or we're constantly in a strive mode or because we're just filled with self-doubt and just not really sure about next steps, what, for whatever reason, we keep ourselves where we are. And I think that's really you know, what I've found running the Global Autism Project almost as an unintended consequence is that what I really love to do is like unlock potential. That's what's really, really fun. And then a a very close second is maybe even on the same level is like systems and processes and efficiencies and productivity. And so that was really what Global Summit did. It's kind of brought both of those things together, not only because I personally love to do that, um, but because we found that was such a need area for our partners around the world. And what we also found in sharing some of the content for the smaller regional summits we had done earlier in 2019 is that we had other people, Skill Corps alums and other people who knew the organization being, what was that? I need that. I need to learn how to do that. So we are really excited to have all of this and be able to share all of this. Megan said, I need another summit, y'all. And I think we have, I wrote it down like I'm going to forget. I'm like, what is that <laughs> We all have that feeling and we all need that. And I think it brings up such a good point that all of what we do and how we run our business and how we live our lives, it's a practice. We all need the reminders. We all need the consistency, you know, and at the Global Autism Project, obviously we have this training and we remind each other all the time so that we can sort of step into who we can be, which is just really, really exciting. So, yeah. And since Global Summit, we've been developing some training to transfer over online. And our first big product, I guess you could say, was Leadership Academy last year. And yes, you and your staff attended our virtual Leadership Academy. I think it was in January this year. Yes. But before we talk about your takeaways from that, Molly, could you just give a quick background of the evolution of Leadership Academy from how we used to offer it only for our skill core trip leaders and now deciding to offer it publicly? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think that what we really learned in 2020 and we had started learning in 2019 
is that a lot of the things we do at the Global Autism Project are really beneficial to anyone, you know? And so I would casually mention how we use Asana for project planning or how we organize our time and time blocking throughout the day during skill core orientation. And then a couple of weeks later, I'd get an email and it was like, what's that time blocking thing you were talking about? What's that organization thing you were talking about? What's that checklist thing you were, what's that delegation thing you were talking about? And I'd message them and get on the phone, explain it to them. So in 2019, 2020, we started to really see that there is a need outside of our organization. There's a hunger for this information. So Leadership Academy was no different. We had run Leadership Academy Internally, we had created it. We probably ran it in the eight or nine years we ran Leadership Academy. We probably ran it close to 30 times, I would say, probably 25, 30 times in those years because we ran it several times a year for a while. And Leadership Academy was really developed to train people in how to run trips. It was thought about when I was on a bus ride from Delhi to Chandigarh with a troop leader, and I was out with the troop leader, and I was hands-on training her in how to run a trip, because previously I had run all the trips. And so we created this thing called Leadership Academy, and we thought, you know, you'll do a few trips, and you'll work for it, and you'll apply, and that will be how you'll become a troop leader. And the initial Leadership Academy was the logistics, right? Like, here's how you fly on an airplane with a group of people who've never met. Here's what you do when you get to the country. And what we found is that that part we could put in a book, that part we could train people in, that, that's logistics. What was missing, what was keeping people from stepping into being a trip leader, as Yasser talked about, was that self-doubt, was that lack of confidence, was that fear that they're not good enough or they're doing it wrong or they had a really incredible trip leader. How would they be that person? You know, And so Leadership Academy really turned into, over the years, this phenomenal transformational weekend where we already know the transformation skill core provides, where you go out on a trip, you come back, you shift your life, however you need to shift your life, whatever was overdue in your life. Sometimes it's a job promotion, sometimes it's a relationship, whatever. And Leadership Academy was that like next level for people. So in January of 2020, we had our first ever, we just said Leadership Academy would be once a year and we'd have 60 leaders all at once. And we would train our leaders to run trips for the next two years. I don't know if you remember, Rachel, everyone standing on the stage and we said, trip leader for Ecuador, July 2020. And we announced their name and it was this really amazing thing. And the universe just like laughed its head off at us, obviously. (laughs) So Leadership Academy was just this really incredible transformational weekend. During Leadership Academy, we had a clinic director who was from a sponsor company at Leadership Academy. And she said, you know, kind of joking, like, oh, it'd be great if my whole team could do this. And I thought, yeah, that would be really cool. Anyway, they can't. It's Leadership Academy. It's for us. It's our thing. It's internal. Maybe you can send people to Global Summit, kind of touch on stuff there. And then the pandemic happened. And then they reached back out to us and said, have you guys thought about doing anything online? And I said, Of course, because our whole lives are online right now and we're all in our homes. So yes, I have. And so we created a six-week online program called Leadership Academy, and it was incredible. It was beyond our wildest dreams. It produced incredible, tangible results for that company. And more importantly, it created incredible, tangible results for every staff member of that company. 
And what I get really excited about is the vast majority of people in this field love their job. They love their job. And a lot of people are good at it. And what's missing for a lot of people is the leadership piece or the supervision piece or that admin piece. And that's all part of this job these days. And what we don't always think about is that when we're working in this role and we're doubting ourselves and we're overwhelmed, we're actually taking away from the people who need us most. When we're not living up to our own potential, that has a ripple effect for our clients. And so this is a very long way of answering your question. But Leadership Academy was an online six-week program. It was incredible. We opened it up to that company, had an incredible experience, incredible results, just totally transformed how that company operates. And then we opened it up to our partners internationally. And that was a really, really fun and special time. I just loved every minute of it. We had our partners from all over the world on the call. We had about 80 people on the call each time. And Leadership Academy, finally, we've opened up to the greater public. So it's been a really, really phenomenal experience for people. It's People have started reaching out, words traveling, word of mouth, like, oh, you need to take this course. So that is what Leadership Academy is. You know, I'm often asked, like, how do you talk about it in this sentence? And I'm like, I don't know. It's it's great. It's an experience and you should do it. (laughs) And again, what I love about it are just the real life tangible results that we're getting for companies. So, yeah. So, yes, sir. Let's talk about the results at Namai. First, how would you describe the company culture and team morale at Namai before Leadership Academy? We have a, a good culture in the Mali. We trust each other. We try to help each other as possible as we can. I sometimes say I'm lucky to have this culture and morale in the Mali because let's be honest, our work is draining you emotionally, especially when you, you care a lot about your kids and clients. So I used to accept excuses or sometimes I will excuse my therapist, she can't do that. She still can't do that. We can't do that with the child. We're still not ready to do that. And over the time, that has a lot of effects because with the time, you feel that the walls of limitations are getting closer. So I would say, it's okay. Maybe we can't teach the child on this skill. It's okay. We won't lie to the parents. We won't tell them that. We can do that. It's okay. We can't do that. And that, instead of being understanding mindset, it's turned to be, okay, so we don't know how to do that. Okay, so we will never do that again. And that became some kind of walls around our capabilities to help our kids. You guys told me about the Leadership Academy. So we have we are a team of like 10 people. So I'd say, okay, maybe I will have two or three candidates. They're leaders, right? Not everyone is a leader, so I don't need everyone to join this Leadership Academy because I don't want everyone to be a leader or we, our, our ship will drop, be drawn in the, in, the, in the sea. But 
based on my experience and, and Global Summit, I thought every one of my therapists, even non-clinical employees, I would love them to join because what makes you a better clinician makes you a better person. So I, I ask every single one of my team to join the Leadership Academy. And there were a lot of, as Molly said, tangible real-life outcomes. We start saying, okay, that's an excuse. Let's talk about that, the solution. Okay, so this child is doing this, this, and uh, he was like that, and his mother did that, and he school. okay, that's all our excuses, explanations, and they are good, but we won't be satisfied with them. We won't say, okay, so we know how or why he did that. Thank you. See you tomorrow. No. What are the solutions for that? We can help this child overcome his challenging behavior. We can help this family overcome the challenge in the school because a teacher or a school system won't be adaptive enough for our child in that school. So instead of understanding, explaining, excusing the situation, no, there's no limit for the possibilities. Let's go and meet these school admins and let's talk to them. Okay, so you think that this child is so noisy? Can you help me a little bit? What if I send, what if we do this? So thinking about solution instead of excuses, that's one of the major outcomes we got as a team. We start, we, we start in a meeting, we'd say, oh, so we have this child in this app, but he did that because of, and someone would say, okay, that's an excuse. How we can solve that? We, that wasn't common before the Leadership Academy. Mm, that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. Not just for your staff, but for the families you're serving, the community in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, Yemen. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, now Molly, I'd like to pass it back to you because we do have an exciting announcement about our next offering at the Global Autism Project. We do have an exciting announcement about our next offering. So. I mentioned earlier that people would reach out and ask about that delegation thing that you talked about. What was that? What was that matrix that you talked about that you used to decide what to do when? What was that time blocking thing that you talked about? What was that thing that you talked about where your staff all have a dedicated time during the week for learning? What was that that, you know, and so all these, these things. And listen, make no mistake. Some people don't know this or believe this. I've been at this for 18 years. Okay, so I spent like a good, I don't know, 10 years, like figuring this out and being so committed to like figuring it out and just believing on some level, it didn't have to be hard because that's like a life mantra for me. It doesn't have to be hard, but it was so hard. It was so hard. And so as I started to figure things out, I really, you know, I really just love sharing with other people. And we never had the bandwidth as a team to really create permanent products around the, some of the systems and processes that we had. If you worked at the Global Autism Project, then you went through the Global Autism Project onboarding presentation. You went through the Global Autism Project staff feedback process. And if you didn't, maybe you know someone who did and you can ask around. That's all changing. 
at the end of this month, we have taken really years to put together these trainings as we were pulling them together. We're like, oh, and that from that, that from that. We've taken years to put together trainings. We have trainings on time and task management. We have training for you, Megan, on overwhelm. (laughs) We have training on delegation. We have a training, just all these incredible trainings that we're putting together that are going to be available at the end of this month. Specifically on Black Friday, we thought, what a fun day to just say like, hey, here you go. And for a limited time, the prices are all going to be reduced. These are designed to be comprehensive trainings that are going to really make a difference for you and your business. They're also not trainings that we've just kind of put together and said, oh, hey, here's some stuff we know. It's like, this is years of trial and error, emphasis on the error. One of the values at the Global Autism Project is that we embrace failure, and we do. And so, as I said, emphasis on the error, but trainings that we've been able to use with our partners around the world, trainings that we've used, you know, as I said, if someone called me up and said, hey, what was that delegation thing? And I would sort of take a post-it note and map it out and go, yeah, that's kind of how we decide. That has all been put together into this incredible, I actually was just looking at it a couple of days ago, this incredible sort of flow chart of like, what is the task? How do I delegate it? How do I know who to delegate it to? How do I know it's been delegated effectively? So just a lot of really, really great stuff. I think the biggest thing that we're setting out to do with these trainings is, for instance, in that overwhelm training, we're going to go deep. We're going to look at like, really, really, why are you overwhelmed? We talk about what you're getting out of it. And I know that sounds ludicrous to do the training so you can see what we're doing with that. But, you know, I really think in a way there's a COVID pandemic and there's also this pandemic of burnout and overwhelm and frustration. And we've been talking about this for years at the Global Autism Project because Skillforce seemed to be the antidote for it in a way. And so we are not new. And, you know, I think one of the most heartbreaking things is that we would have Skillforce orientation. And I would ask people to raise their hand if they felt like they were so burnt out, they thought about leaving the field in the last month, in the last two months, in the last year. And the majority of hands would go up. And so there really is this epidemic or pandemic of of burnout and overwhelm. And a lot of that is mitigated with, as Yasser said, mindset. And a lot of that is mitigated with systems and with processes. And again, I'm 18 years in to this organization. That's like not normal. (laughs) You know, um, and it wouldn't have worked if I couldn't have figured out how to create this organization, build a team that really, really believes in creating balance, really believes in, you know, just really celebrating accomplishments. They understand how to move a project from idea to execution. So that took some doing. So I'm really excited to just be sharing that with everybody. We need that as soon as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Megan, I want to turn it to you now because you mentioned that you need a refresher. So given, you know, you got a glimpse of this training at Global Summit, what do you see as possible for yourself from taking one of our new courses? Well, (laughs) 
I'm just really excited to have the opportunity to see all of the things that Molly was describing sound like something everyone in our field and probably the entire world could benefit from, especially right now because of (laughs) what we've all been experiencing with the pandemic and everything like that. So it's hard to predict. I'm not very good at knowing what I'll get out of something. I usually just say yes and then try it. And then I'm pleasantly surprised by all of the things that come up for me. I do know just based on the work that I know Molly has done with the Global Autism Project and all of the history she gave on creating these materials that they'll be life-changing, usually give me a lot of ideas around how to better organize things and plan for my own mental... (laughs) (laughs) sanity. Um, So I'm really excited. I really loved my times, the few that I had where I would be in Brooklyn and I'd get to grab like coffee or something with Molly and we would just chat. And every time I leave there with like, now I have 5 million more things I need to learn how to do. (laughs) So it'll be nice to have it all in one place and just be able to like go through it, come back to it and actually apply it. Because every time I talk to Molly, I'm like, oh, I need to go check out that thing. And this thing, I made a block schedule after going to see your office. And I still have yet to actually follow it, but I made Uh, one uh, last year, (laughs) but I haven't ever been able to get into a flow of following it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And that's interesting (laughs) because I think some of our training taps into that. The why are you blocking yourself from that? Yeah. Yeah. What's holding you back? Yep. It's a great point, Megan, because some of these things, it's just like such a perfect thing, right? Because we've been talking about block scheduling forever And I've trained all kinds of people in it. And sometimes it sticks and sometimes it doesn't. And in our team, it sticks because we have an entire environment created around it, right? Like you literally saw it on the wall. Yeah. And what we're doing with this training is to Rachel's point is really looking at like what has gotten in the way of people implementing this in the past. How do you actually shape your behavior to follow a block schedule, right? So we're looking at, for instance, you know, micro habits, right? Like we brush our teeth every day. Is there something else that we can commit to doing every day with the frequency at which we brush our teeth, (laughs) you know, and and little things like that. And also living in a pandemic world, all of our systems were really put to the test at the Global Autism Project. And we had to kind of reset everything because as some of you recall, this started out as we're not going to be in the office for two weeks. (laughs) We are going on two years. Our team is fully remote. So we really had to kind of reassess and readjust and say like, hey, that's a system we had that worked really well when we saw everyone. How do we now create that same thing meeting just once or twice a week as a team? Some of that's in there as well to reflect the changes. So, yeah. So I would like to close with one last question. What would you guys say to anyone who is on the fence about taking a course with the Global Autism Project? For me, it would be, you don't know what you don't know. So there's the description and you'll read it and you'll think these are things I need anyway. But on top of that, you'll get more out of the courses than you ever could have imagined. So open up possibilities for yourself and take the jump to see how much more organized and I I don't want to say productive because I feel like we're all productive, but how much you could be productive and feel like you're not drowning. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The emphasis is not necessarily on do more. 
In <laughs> fact, um, quite the opposite. Might be do less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's like how to take things off your plate and create space just mm-hmm. to create yep. space in our lives. Our word for 2020 was ease at the organization. <laughs> that was our word. Yeah. And, uh, the universe was like, okay, I got you. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. What would you say? I remember when at the end of the Global Summit, I was affected by Global Summit profoundly. I was hurt because of a lot of discoveries and just a short amount of time. So I was saying that, please, we want for the next Global Summit to be as good as this one. And I remember retracting my sentence and I said, it would be unfair to ask you guys to compete against this Global Summit level of content because it's, it affected me profoundly. Like it's, it was too much enlightening in, in three days. So with the Leadership Academy, you guys still like getting better in a way that I won't think there is no more better than that. <laughs> I am so happy to give me the, the last one, but I definitely very excited and looking forward to get more of this content that you guys are so good in it. Thank you, Yasser. Thank you so much. Molly, any last words to someone who's on the fence, someone who's maybe at the landing page and they're ready to check out, but they're just like, "Ah, I don't really, this is not the right time for me. Yeah, maybe something else. Maybe I'll look for one of those other courses online. You know, to someone who is sitting there on the fence, not sure what the next move is, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to invite you to ask yourself a question. What's working in your life and what's not working? Because oftentimes we go through life thinking, oh, it's fine. It's good enough. Yeah, I'm overwhelmed, but everyone's overwhelmed. That's not true. So I'd invite you to ask yourself that honest question. What's really working and what's not working? And along with that, I would encourage you to know that how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you can pinpoint an area of your life that is not working or not working as well as you want it to, It's making an impact in every area of your life. So these trainings are designed to help you get things things back in order, help you get you back in order. All right. Well, thank you all for sharing your stories with us. And hopefully this gives people a push that they just need, you know, something to just move a little bit forward. Thanks for tuning in to Autism Knows No Borders. For nearly 20 years, our team has been helping autism service providers around the world redefine their careers and design powerful organizations through training, coaching, and live workshops. Now, for the first time ever, our training is available completely online in our leadership series. It's been really exciting to compile the best of our systems, the tools we consistently rely on for decision-making, and the processes that have kept us thriving in spite of the many challenges posed by the pandemic. Whether you're transitioning into a new supervisor role or you've been at it for a while, 
We are confident that our programs can help you become a better leader. Now, for a limited time only, you can purchase the first two courses of our new Global Autism Leadership Series at majorly discounted prices. These unique programs will never be sold at such low prices again. Grab your Leadership Series course today at leadership.globalautismproject.org. Thanks for listening. Take care. Tune in each week for engaging conversations of how people across the globe are inspiring change and building community. You've been listening to Autism Knows No Borders, brought to you by the Global Autism Project. You can find Rachel's notes for this episode and learn more about today's guests at autismknowsnoborders.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. By doing so, you'll be helping us increase awareness and acceptance of autism around the world.